Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from pop culture cosmos the lakers fast break inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows and if you can give us that five star review on apple Podcasts. plus if you can like subscribe share follow or do whatever you can to support the lakers fast break the run the floor podcast pop culture cosmos NBA Draft Junkies, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Lakerholics.com. It is truly appreciated. Overconfidence breeds carelessness. Second time I've had to say that when it comes to Los Angeles Lakers because overconfidence did it once again. Lakers came out flat. They came out Really, just not wanting to go ahead and give it their full effort. And you know what? They paid the price today off of one of the most incredible finals performances ever from Jimmy Butler, in my opinion. And the Lakers lose to the Miami Heat, 115-104. And here today to talk to me about this game, which I'm still angry about because the Lakers had several chances to win, are four great guests indeed. First off, it's my good friend and co-host on all of our NBA playoff coverage. You got to check out what he's doing today at NBADraftJunkies.com, his NBA Draft Junkies YouTube page, where there's row after row after row of great draft prospect videos, interviews, and more. It is my good friend indeed. It is Rafael Barlow. And Rafael, where do you want to start, man? You started, man. I, I don't know, really. I'm just fed up because it just gets me so angry for all this overconfidence the Lakers have right now. Uh, I think overconfidence was some of it, but if it were me, if I had to find someone to, I guess, kind of point the blame at, it would be Anthony Davis in a sense. I know that he was in foul trouble, but he still played about 32 minutes, and he just was not aggressive. He only took nine shots. And I mentioned in the last game that I thought Miami outplayed the Lakers for the most part. It's just it was a talent issue. And that was just, you know, the biggest difference um, between the two teams. And Miami just couldn't keep Davis off the offensive glass. And today he just didn't have that same aggression on the boards, on the offensive end of the floor. Like I said, he took nine shots, only one more shot than Rondo. And so if, you know, the last few days we've been hearing him arguably being the best player in the world, it's, it's his team, this, this, and that. 
And you can't take one more shot than a guy coming off the bench, especially like Rondo, who's not known as a guy that's going to put up a high volume of shots. So I think that he should have been more aggressive and assertive. And then I also feel like, in a sense, when AD didn't have it going, that's when Bron should have tried to match Jimmy Butler, you know, and and being assertive. And I think that that was the difference between this game. And Miami's a tough team. They they don't have any quit in them. And I think the Lakers made a mistake by by giving them some confidence going into the next game, especially when you know they're they're undermanned. They're without two of their their best three players, and they were able to come in and, and get a win in the finals. Maybe it's because they had the, it was a virtual home game for them, so uh, maybe that played a difference. But yeah, I mean, you just don't give a team that you're so much more talented than you just don't want to give them any hope. You're supposed to, especially a 3-0, you know, third game. It's, no team has ever came back from down 3-0, so I felt like the Lakers should have came out with game seven mentality in this, and they didn't. Absolutely. Uh, they were not the aggressor at all. Very disappointed to see. And here today also talked about the game at hand as one of the blog editors for Lakerholics.com. I'm sure his five things for the next game are going to be very interesting as you catch his article on Lakerholics.com. It is breathing a very angry sigh right there. It is Jamie Sweet. And Jamie, continually in the fourth quarter, LeBron kept getting pick and not staying on on Jimmy Butler. And with Jimmy Butler with a 40-point triple-double, just a truly incredible performance. 40 points, 13 assists, and 11 rebounds. And to me, again, in the fourth quarter, he constantly went off the screens, got himself somebody other than LeBron James and AD play off against. And I think that was the difference in the ballgame. I mean, the difference in the ball game was one team came out with a lot of aggression and the other team came out pretty passively. Uh, and that stayed true for the entire game. There's not a single quarter. The Lakers won. Uh, they lost every single quarter of this game. Um, but they had a they chance took- to win and were in the lead at several points in the game. Yeah, but I mean, you have to remember, like, you know, like, you, like Raphael said, this is a home game for Miami. So they're in that home rotation in their mindset. The refs probably ref it a little bit different. I mean, Jimmy Butler went to the line, what, like 20-something times? Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt like 20-something times. It was only 14, but, it, you know, it, you know, the Lakers just didn't play with any aggression at all. The AD, and, and let's, first off, let's say tip of the cap and hats off to both the players and the coaching staff from Miami because you could tell that not only were the players playing with a lot more energy, but that they had adjusted some of the, they didn't go to the zone as much uh, as they had in the first two games. And furthermore, the, they were willing to let anybody else beat them. Like LeBron constantly faced double teams down the stretch. I think they triple teamed Anthony Davis a couple of times when he yes. caught the ball in the post to, to force the ball out of his hand and let anybody else beat us. And frankly, that is the recipe for success. You know, like somebody's going to have a good game. Maybe two people will have a good game like Morris and Kuzma, but you need like four or five other guys. And like the Lakers starters tonight just did not get it done uh, at all, you know, to a man, they all underperformed and didn't show up. So, you know, I, I, First off, I just have to give a lot of credit to the Heat and their effort and the adjustments that they made from games one and two to tonight. Um, And the Lakers got some work to do. That they do, my friend, that they do. And also here to talk about today's game is a good man indeed. He's also a blog editor 
at Lakerholics.com. Got to see what he's doing today, and I'm sure he's going to have some angry articles himself coming up in the not-too-distant future, at least until Tuesday, that is. It is Magic Man, a.k.a. Sean Grice. And Sean, not a good result at all for the Los Angeles. Not tonight, Gerald. It was very disappointing. Um, you know, I would use the word sluggish as well to, to describe what I saw in the first about four or five minutes. It was awful. It just felt like, like Jamie said, one team was prepared to fire all the bullets they had, and the other team was there just, just getting wet from it, just bleeding out. Like I was like, are you just gonna stand there and bleed, guys? What's going on? And it, even when we came back, when it was ninety-one eighty-nine, after Rondo made that layup, I'm like, here it comes. There's gonna be a Miami run here. And sure enough, I think they went on a 16-6 run after that, and it was all she wrote. That's right. And it just seemed like something that at the time that you expect AD and LeBron to step up, that's what they didn't get it done. And also here today, and you know he's got a lot to say, is a good man indeed. He is the man behind Lakerholics.com. You got to see what's going on today with Lakerholics.com, including all the great articles on his Medium.com page as well. It is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. You said in five, I'm hoping you're right because if they play like this, it might actually be a lot more. I'm pretty confident that it's still going to be a five game series. Um, I think the first thing is hats off to Jimmy Butler. He did exactly what he had to do. Um, he was aggressive. Uh, and when you attack the basket the way that he did, even even when you make a few offensive fouls, you basically are going to get the benefit of the doubt. And Jimmy Jimmy was sterling in that. Um, he turned the tables on the Lakers and basically hunted down KCP every opportunity that he could. Uh, if he didn't or, get KCP, he, he, he hunted take, yeah, he anybody. Take yeah. He'd take anybody other than LeBron. Or and AD. when he did play against LeBron, he beat him several times to the basket. Um, it's kind of a funny thing when you look at you look at the lineups. LeBron was minus four. The other three, the other four starters were minus fifteen, minus fifteen, minus twenty-six. Um, so it was it was basically a terrible performance from the starters, especially Anthony Davis, who was the minus tw- minus twenty-six. Every one of the bench players was positive, so the Lakers bench really came on, played well. Um, and and you know it's it's just it's just a combination of weird things. It is a combination of weird things indeed. So, uh, but I will say this: as something's jingling at Laker Tom's computer right now. He's so upset. He's so upset. But uh, I will say this: when the bench puts up fifty-three, like Jamie Sweet was able to point that out, and I appreciate it. Twenty-seven point difference between Miami's bench and you and I talked about Miami's bench being stronger at least than what we thought for the Lakers. And and Tom was very adamant on the Lakers having the better bench. Well, today the Lakers did have a better bench, but it only kept them in the game for so much. You got to have your stars bring it home. And unfortunately they didn't do it today. Brandon, uh, Braden Loquasto said, why did the Lakers leave the game? Uh, I'm assuming they were just so upset. They just walked off the court. And obviously you're going to hear from LeBron for the next couple days at least about how horrible performance it was you're right it probably wasn't the best way as far as sportsmanship is concerned but uh, you know lebron and ad 
and the rest of the Lakers were not very happy at all with that performance. That was something that at least the first quarter, I'm going to say this Laker, Tom, I'll bring it back to you now that you're back. If from the first quarter, that looked like one of the worst quarters of the entire season. Well, I think like, like Jamie pointed out, we lost every quarter. Um, and as I started to say before my technical difficulties, um, Jimmy turned it around and did to the Lakers what LeBron did to them. And one of the things that's really uh, benefited the Heat from playing the zone is it's hard to hunt people when you're in a zone. That's one of the things it does. It protects it protects your weak players because it's really difficult to isolate them. Um, you know, it's it's kind of funny. I I really wasn't upset of the game. I watched the game and I could see what was happening. You were more upset actually, on the last game that they won. I was I was actually more upset in the game that they won because I thought they played terrible. Um, <laughs> I still I, I still you know listen. This was a, this is this is oh, essentially man. even though it's you know it was only two o or o two for the Heat. This was essentially an elimination game because if you don't win tonight, the odds of you coming back are zero. So they faced an elimination game. They came out and played like an elimination game. And really, for the first time in the playoffs this year, the Lakers had a closeout game that they didn't play like a closeout game. They they really got sucked in on it. I mean, I, I you know, I I was myself crowing about the two hundred to one odds, and you know, they'd never seen anything like that in the middle of a of a of a game of a series, unless it was like three zero. Um, but they really, uh, you know, credited Miami. They quote made a series of it. I think the Lakers will be extremely highly motivated. They'll come back with a viciousness in the next game, and they'll end the series in five. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. There were higher odds during the summer of 2019 on the on the Miami Heat to win the go all the way, but you're right. There were odds makers here in Vegas and offshore putting as high as you know those odds you were talking about. They were they were five. They were four. They were four point three to five to one entering the series, and the greatest discrepancy that we've ever had in the modern age has been two point eight to one, yeah. which was happened to be against the Miami Heat when the. Uh, when the Dallas Mavericks actually upset them and won that series. And all but one minute in the second half, they had been leading by double digits. So, yeah, obviously, uh, you know, odds makers were trying to go ahead and shift everything as far as for the Miami Heat. And somebody's feeling a little bit better right now if they put money down on that as far as if you put a late bet right now in the series. Do you think anybody really put $20,000 down to win 100 bucks on the Lakers? I mean, on the Heat? Somebody, put, I, I can't. Somebody put down. Uh, I think it was five hundred grand the other day that the twins would win. So yeah, I do think somebody's <laughs> dumb enough to do that. The mo- the money yeah, that flies right, around Sean, here in Vegas, that. 
The money that flies around here in Vegas, especially from L.A., because we're so close to L.A. and people come up every weekend to go ahead and spend their money from L.A. And the money just really flows in from there, especially if it's on the Lakers. Yeah, this, is I would on the heat. this is betting on the heat, unless you were Anthony Davis's brother. <laughs> there you go. Uh, here we yeah, go again. Here we go again. Go ahead, Sean. You wanted to talk. Yeah. No. Yes, Gerald. Thank you. I, I just want to say, um, yeah, I. I Maybe we do come out with a better sense of urgency and energy in game three, but there's a real glaring problem that you need to correct right now. And that's Jimmy Butler being able to find the open man, even if you double him and the guy can make the shot. It's just make or miss league, right? Well, this seems so, like the like the same thing that we had to go through with, with the game with Nikola Jokic. Exactly. Exactly, but I, I remember I remember this Jimmy Butler from 2019 in that series against the Raptors, and Raps fans were really scared of this guy because they knew when he got the ball in the fourth quarter and it was a tight game, sometimes he can just do Jimmy things, and before you know it, if we're too overconfident, it's going to be 2-2. Well, overconfident we were indeed. But Raphael, I want to ask you this: If you're the Lakers, you're you're very angry, obviously, and we saw that after the end of the game, which Braden also pointed out as well. And thank you, Braden Laquasto, for giving us a shot right here at the Lakers fast break. But I want to ask you this: I mean, what do you do as far as trying to control your emotions? Because you're obviously very angry, and you're going to bottle it up. And in two days, you can go ahead and come out with a vengeance. What kind of, uh, I guess, you don't really need much motivation because obviously the, today's performance proved it, but what can you do to go ahead and just burning off so much energy because you really want to go ahead and just bottle it and just be able to dispense it out on Tuesday? <laughs> That's a tough question. Because I mean... you know LeBron's probably throwing a chair somewhere right now in the middle of uh, you know the, the bubble right now. Probably throwing one of his teammates around. Uh, yeah. Maybe, <laughs> not, hopefully not J.R. Smith, because he did hit a three. Oh, and then he uh, shot a fadeaway. Yeah. <laughs> fading out of bounds. I Maybe don't, Danny don't know. Green. I mean, Maybe Danny Green. Please throw Danny Green against him. I, I, I feel like Milwaukee. Oh. I mean, I'm sorry. I feel like the Heat, they ran a similar defense that they used against Milwaukee today. Much less zone. Yeah, just we're going to mm. let other guys get hot. We're going to be physical. There were times when you try to drive into the basket and they had Laker Tom, there was much less zone than they used. Sorry, Raphael. I see you shaking your head no. I mean, Raphael, was there much less zone? Yes. I didn't really see much well, zone. Well, there was less zone like... because they played all zone in the first game. Or the second but that's game. what I'm saying. It's much less zone. It's less zone. Right. Yeah, I just well, felt well, like they packed the pain. The they played three-fourths of the game in zone, I'll bet you. Yeah, I'm not sure the percent. I just feel like they packed the paint and they dared the guys to make outside shots, which Morris did. Um, I thought Kuzma played well in the offensive end. But in my opinion, the biggest difference was uh, the Lakers just weren't dominating on the glass. Yeah. And remember the first or the last game, it seemed like whenever L.A. missed, A.D. was under the back, under the rim. Either he got the offensive rebound or they got a tap out. But I noticed this game, it was, it was almost as seen as if the Lakers' game plan wasn't to crash the offensive glass. It was to get back and set up on D because there was nobody under under the boards. But as far as 
controlling their emotions. I mean, they're pros. They they know that, you know. <laughs> I mean, they they I feel like they know that what they did was unprofessional, but I also feel like they probably thought the game was over. I don't think it was to the extent of like the Detroit Pistons just trying to show disrespect. I felt like, you know, they thought, you know, the game was just going to end. There's only what 0.7 seconds, stuff like that. Yeah. Something like that. So, I mean, I think um, it's going to be a big deal out of nothing. I mean, 0.7 seconds. Yeah. LeBron kept walking out, but I've seen him do this before mm-hmm. in other games. I've seen other guys do it also. And so, um, yeah, I mean, they, they probably did it at halftime too, if I'm not mistaken, there was still like another, you know, possession left or half a tenth of a second, and guys, you know, they go to the locker room. So I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think that's it's really that big a deal either, but go ahead, Sean. Yeah, no, I was going to say that's hilarious to me. Gerald Tim Duncan used to do that all the time. Used to do it all the time, and nobody said anything about it. Tim's a nice guy, doesn't say much, doesn't have a problem with the media, you know. But the oh, refs is different because, you know, he's yeah. got that – you know, that look he always makes when he's arguing with the refs. Yeah. Oh, there's there's nothing like the Danny Ainge look. Exactly. Or, uh, or didn't, didn't Joey Crawford throw him out of game once because you happened to be laughing? I, I think so. I think so. So it'll be interesting if he does the same thing when he's a head coach, but we'll have to wait <laughs> for that one. Jamie, I, I want to – Go ahead, Jamie. I, I, wanna... wor- I just want to say on this point, I think it's worse when you walk off and it's an elimination game. Like yeah, when you are still got that's... games – Yeah, that's different. In, in, in the, in the cannon that you got to shoot, like you're not – you know, you're not like, hey, buddy, let's <laughs> – you, hey, how you doing? <laughs> you know, like you're going to be like, all right, I need to go cool off a little bit. And like should you slap a couple fives and, you know, do this? Yes, of course. But, I, you know, like – I think like Raphael said, I think A, they thought the game was over, and B, you know, it was a hard-fought loss. Lakers know they didn't come out the way they were supposed to, and probably a little embarrassed and need to just get it get it, get it, over with and move on. I want to what's ask what's you funny this. is, oh, go ahead, I just wanted to add, I'm sure there's some Miami Heat fan who's talking about how the Lakers are so unprofessional by leaving totally. early. But 100%. it's the same people that were probably at that game in 2013 probably left early too when they thought it was over, <laughs> only to find out that <laughs> that uh, that Miami won trying to get right. back into the arena. I guarantee you, there's somebody that was at that game that walked off that's complaining right now. Excellent, hundred percent. Excellent, hundred percent. Jamie, I want to ask you this because I know you mentioned the bench as far as Lakers and throwing away this game off of a great performance by the bench. Kyle Kuzma playing like there's a petition.org petition against him, uh, not getting a ring. But I want to hear your thoughts on on how we can go ahead and have the bench continue to play as well. Because Markeith Morris gave you some effective minutes. Rondo, not the greatest of shooting, but still played effective minutes. He was aggressive when the Lakers weren't aggressive. So I want to hear what the bench needs to do to continue that. And Caruso played pretty solid as well. I thought the whole bench, any, anybody who got minutes played pretty solid. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's going to be hard. You're not going to get that probably that many minutes from Morris just because of uh, hopefully Anthony Davis won't be yeah, in foul yeah. trouble. Uh, that's going to be the, the big thing there. But, I mean, if they continue, I mean, if Kuzma, Caruso, Morris, and Rondo, who are the primary bench guys, uh, I, I'm kind of amazed that J.R. Smith has gotten so many NBA Finals minutes over uh, several other players, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I, I don't think it makes or breaks the game. I'm just kind of always like, huh, 
There's J.R. Smith for some reason. Okay. Uh, don't really get that one. Um, what? You know, they just, they just got a show. Uh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's, it's just, like you said, it's a make it or miss it league. And I think he's been missing all the shots that matter. So uh, I'll, he starts showing clutch. I'll agree with that. But he hasn't showed it since he uh, took a year and a half off of basketball. It wasn't but... that clutch I was talking about. It was the other the... clutch. Oh, yeah. his foot slipped off the clutch and you stalled out your car? Yeah, that clutch I can forward. understand. Oh, yeah, a clutch with a K, I see. Uh, anyhow, I think that if they just show up with the same energy, same intensity, you know, I think, you know, Kuz had a little bit of a deer in the headlights in game one. Towards the, even in the end of the closeout game, I thought of Denver. I thought he looked a little like, oh, this, this it's getting real, man. Like, I got I to gotta start showing up a little better. I thought he looked a lot more like himself uh, in this game. Walk by by that I mean more like himself without going into one-on-one coups mode, which is kind of like death for a, a Laker possession. Uh, you might as well just hand the ball to the other team on a platter and be like, you know what? Yeah, he's going to do all this crazy stuff. Just 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 take it. Uh, so I think if they just continue to play with this kind of energy and focus, they'll be good. I mean, obviously making shots helps, but they're going to get open shots. The Heat, I think, aren't. Uh, you're going to see the thing, same thing from the Heat now, right? If it ain't break, broke, why fix it? So they're going to keep doubling LeBron as soon as he gets the ball and starts moving towards the hoop. They're content to let him dribble the ball, you know, 48 feet from the basket. But as soon as he drives, they're going to double him. They're going to force him to pass. Uh, they're going to double and triple AD to get the ball out of his hands and or force him into really, really, really tough shots, which that's he's just not comfortable doing that. You know, that's probably his next growth as a player is to be a little more comfortable against the double team, uh, because as he gets better, he's going to sh- see a lot of them. And, uh, you know, I think that. If, if it's up to the bench to win the game, we're in trouble. Like, you know, we, the bench had a great game tonight. Uh, and we don't have enough of a bench. We don't have a guy like here off the bench. I, you know, I, what I said about the bench is that Miami has more firepower off the bench. I never said either bench was better. Uh, Miami has just a bunch of guys that can get buckets on the bench. We do not. Uh, we got streaky guys at best. So that's that's where I think, you know, if the Laker, if, if you get nothing from Danny Green, if you get almost nothing from KCP, and if you can take one or both of Le- LeBron and AD out of the game, like Miami did tonight, that's a big uphill battle for the Lakers to climb. And there, uh, Rondo, there's not enough in Rondo's gas tank to, to like make passes or hot off the back top of the backboard shots to overcome uh, <laughs> that kind of, that kind of effort and, and focus that the heat came with tonight. So that's going to be the biggest adjustment is who on who, who among those other Lakers starters uh, uh, can, can do anything, you know, like you don't have a lot to do. <laughs> Laker Tom, well, you know, I, I, go ahead. I, uh, I was going to say that I thought that Miami beat the Lakers quote unquote small ball unit that nobody has been able to really figure out because Dwight barely played. Totally. And A D yeah. played a lot of minutes at center. Yep. The problem is the problem is that because A D was limited with the foul troubles, um, Morris played a lot at center and then you have no rim protection at all. Uh in the game we we ended up getting two more three point shots, one more free throw. So that's seven points. We lost the game by eleven that's an 18 points or nine more two-point shots that they made. It was better um, when it was 50, 40, 90 for the Heat, and they were out getting us outscored at the free throw line by 20. It was better. Well, the, but it, the adjustment the adjustment that was good is that the Heat basically had a lot of guys slipping screens, and they had Butler taking 
going inside and taking, Five out. taking the ball in. And so they end up with nine more shots. We lost 18 points in the two-point category. Um, and a lot of that is because a lot of our two-point shots come from Anthony Davis. And his terrible game was really a detriment there. Um, it's something that we have to look at because all through the playoffs, Morris has been great when he plays the four, but not when he plays the five. Because when he plays the five, we really uh, – that my, this micro ball lineup that Frank has gotten with Morris playing the five uh, has not been successful in any of the series. So it's be an interesting thing. I mean, one thing that, one thing that I'm thinking might be interesting to see – would be 80 starting at five for the last two games, because that's really our best lineup. And enough of the screwing around. Um, Dwight, they basically did not really have a big, he was a big negative also uh, coming off, you know, as a starter. Um, and I know Jamie's laughing at this, but. No, I, the only reason I'm laughing is because you're like, after every loss, you're like, players. bench all the centers. They're never playing look again. At the five player lineups. I know you love, I know you love traditional centers. But if you look I at do. the five-player lineups, the ones that are successful with the Lakers are the ones where AD is at the five. That's pure, you know, start Morris. Start Morris instead of Dwight would be a great adjustment because they're going to force us to shoot threes. So let's have some three-point shooters out there. Let's not try to make it with Dwight. Let's have somebody out there. Let's have AD be the center. He can guard whoever's going to be their big center. And and then play a lineup that number one can shoot from outside and number two and this is the most important thing that Frank found out during the Rocket series play the small ball lineup because it's better defensively it makes quicker adjustments quicker rotations and it's much harder for other teams to beat it's not only our best offensive lineup but it's our best defensive lineup Sean go ahead I know you wanted to say something about five minutes ago when Laker Tom. Yeah, no, I, I I just wanted to go back to um, I, I think this is about Jimmy Butler making better adjustments against us than we're making against them. In in game two, I, I know everybody was kind of bored with that game, but after the game, I I, I I'm pointing at Laker Tom here. <laughs> I researched. I wasn't bored. I wasn't bored. Yeah. No, like between the season. And the first three rounds, Jimmy normally averages anywhere from 12 to 20 drives a game, depending on the defense, how he's feeling, whatever, right? In game two, he averaged 24. That, that's a 33% increase from, from his normal um, value. So if he's just going to keep on going to the, to the paint and the rim, you have to adjust to that. Whether or not AD's out there or not, AD was out there a lot in Game Two, and Jimmy still found a way to get into the hole to get to the paint. Absolutely. So there were we we'll have to go ahead and see what happens in Game Four coming up on Tuesday. But Raphael, I want to ask you this: when it comes to Miami side, and there's a good likelihood, I'm assuming that Bam Adebayo, at the very least, will come back for this game. I know he was expected to come back this game, but they held him out and. You know, it worked for them because they were able to take game three. What kind of lift is that going to do for Miami? And if you're Miami, how do you keep that momentum rolling? Um, I think it could be a lift. I think um, at the minimum, it's just another defender that they can uh, throw to Anthony Davis. And, um, yeah, I think it would be an emotional lift. Um, 
also helped them on the glass, even though they they were they did well today. And but I also feel like even though Bam is an all star and he makes their defense better, I think that um, with Olenek and Leonard on the floor, it makes it probably a little bit tougher for the Lakers to defend because those guys shoot threes better, and so it eliminates Dwight in a sense. Yep. Dwight is going to play against Bam. Which is why we should be going small. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's going to be interesting because if Bam comes back, then Dwight is going to play more minutes. And Dwight, his activity, even when, he, when he's on the court with AD, can get Bam in foul trouble. But if Dwight is not on the floor, you know, rim running and, you know, making guys foul him just because of his activity, I think that kind of hurts the Lakers' offense in a sense. And then also their, their defense, too, because you don't want Dwight guarding three-point shooters because Olenek is not going to really post Miami is a better team without – I, mean, I don't think they're if, a better If you go by how they played the last two games. Yeah, but who got them there? Do you, did you no, see I mean, that performance by Adebayo in the, in the conference finals? Well, no, but I, but you know, sometimes there's part of it is obviously the Lakers being overconfident. Okay. But another part of it is that, that, that Jimmy Butler all of a sudden was elevated to be the star player. And we've heard criticism throughout the first three rounds of Butler turning it on, turning it off. And, and, you know, being always the criticism was not taking enough shots, not making enough opportunities, not having the touches that he should normally have because of the egalitarian nature of their offense. Well, they were 12 um, and three, so, so it worked pretty good. There's a case to be made that, that they're better with a three-point shooter at center than they are with Bam. I don't well, know if they're, they're better, just the Lakers weren't yeah. prepared for it. But maybe, also, maybe, better for the Lake, maybe better matchup for the Lakers. Well, it depends on how you see the fourth quarter of game one. Did Miami make some adjustment after the Lakers had this big run, or did the Lakers just really well, take their foot off the gas? Garbage time. You can't judge anything on garbage time. You but know, it's just garbage time in the NBA Finals. But you can argue since then, the series has been even, possibly. That that 75 to 30 run in the second and third quarters is the difference in the series. But you can kind of say it's been pretty much even since then. And they're playing right For now small similar to what we saw against Houston and what happened ultimately there. The Lakers did find a way to beat the small ball that Houston was throwing out at them. It might take a little bit more adjustments by Frank Vogel, but I have, I have faith that they're going to go ahead and do that. Yeah. But before we head on out guys, and before we you know give everybody the lowdown of what we're working on coming up for this week, Jamie, I want to start off with you and your final thoughts on the game and what the Lakers need to do again, to go ahead and try and regroup and, Come out a lot stronger game four. Uh, first off, I'm going to say that I think Bam definitely makes them better. And I think it's more that Drogic isn't playing that has forced the ball into Jimmy Butler's hands and made him the primary playmaker that has made this heat team a lot more dangerous than I think people gave him, people give him, are giving him credit for. Uh, just to kind of throw that on the, that last log on the fire from before. Um in terms of how the Lakers can respond, I think that, you know, they're going to have to look at ways to free up Davis to get buckets on the move at first. Um, we were real stagnant in the first half entirely in terms of like, they just gave a ball, they gave the ball to a guy standing around and then that guy kept standing around and then a bunch of other guys stood around and there wasn't like 
a lot of the movement that we kind of got used to seeing. And again, credit the Miami defense for adjusting to a lot of that, not letting easy transition, but like shut down the easy transition basket games for the most part. I think Rondo had like one half court pass for an easy transition bucket. But other than that, uh, I mean, we did outscore him in fast break points, but not like the kind of embarrassing fast break points that are kind of a hallmark of the Lakers this year. Uh, although the opening tip dunk uh, was pretty, pretty embarrassing. But, you know, I, the Lakers just got to play better, especially the starters. If the starters don't play better, it's going to be like tonight, you know. Really, Miami was in control for the entire night. You could say that the Lakers had a lead here or there. They put on some runs, and basketball works that way. But Miami had us at arm's length for pretty much the entire night. And frankly, it's, you know, if you're a Lakers fan, especially if you're a Lakers player, it's a little embarrassing because they're down two all-stars, uh, you know. Roderick wasn't an all-star this year, but he has been an all-star and he's obviously played like an all-star in the playoffs. And, you know, they thought Bam was going to play. He didn't play. We didn't really respect Olenek or Myers Leonard's game and they embarrassed us from the perimeter and it showed all game long. So, you know, the Lakers will make some adjustments. I, I have a lot of faith in Frank Vogel that he'll make the right adjustments. Uh, I don't think that we'll start small, not because it's not <laughs> well, but I don't say that because I think it, that the small lineup is bad or that the small lineup isn't good. I think that like many coaches, even like how Spo used to save that small lineup and how Kerr used to save the small lineup for the minutes that matter. And like the first seven minutes of the first quarter is generally not where the game is decided. A game, you know, you can establish a little momentum, you can get in a groove or whatever, but I think it's better to be able to deploy that small lineup when you want to, as opposed to if that small lineup doesn't work from the beginning, then what do you go to? You don't, you're not going to put McGee in and be like, well, now we're putting in JaVale and McGee. <laughs> you know? so. But so that's what I'm saying. My point being good is point, that like the, point, small lineup, the small lineup isn't bad. It's just that valid, it's like, valid point. It's, any, it's like any weapon, you know, do you want to like shoot with your best weapon right away? Or do you want to see if the other weapons work and, and, and build up your arsenal as the game goes on? I'm thinking that he'll build up his arsenal as the game goes on. There you go. All right, guys. Going to have to see what goes on for game four to see what kind of adjustments are made by Frank Vogel. See how mad LeBron James will be over the course of the next two days, because you know he is peeing right now. It's going to come out like Wolverine. Yes, come around. He come should out be like mad Wolverine. at himself too, because he made a lot of he made several gaps down the stretch. Absolutely, a lot of turnovers tonight. A lot of yes. turnovers. Yeah. It, you know, the nine assists, zero turnover game that he had. Settle three at a, a settle three that was way off. Yeah, um, very disappointing. Yeah. All taken from behind. Yeah. He had eight, 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 turnover, eight turnovers tonight. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, I'd I'd like to like to point out something. Um, we did see a game earlier in the playoffs where where AD wasn't assertive as well against Houston, but the Lakers were just shooting the hell out of the ball and having having a, a great synergy on both ends. It was it wasn't uh, noticeable really. Um, the difference with Anthony is with a lot of big men, he gets in foul trouble. And he kind of has to adjust the way he plays. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where 
Here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. But you're right, getting into foul trouble early and getting four fouls really affected the way he was playing throughout. He saw the aggression was not there. The aggression was not there on many aspects of the Lakers game today. Just very disappointing indeed. But before we head on out, I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, get everyone caught up on what you guys are working on for this week. Laker Tom, I always end with you, but actually I'm going to start with you this time, my friend. Besides the sheer rage in all the 15,365 articles that you have in the chamber at Medium and LakerHolics.com, what are you working on primarily to come up first that people can watch and read at LakerHolics.com and, of course, Medium? Um, I've tried to write something every day, just out of habit, very much like like, uh, Raphael likes to have a video going every day. My goal is to write something every day. and very often, I don't know what that article du jour is going to be until I start thinking about it. Right now, um, and I do agree with Jamie's assessment that the traditional way of using small lineups, the Warriors death lineup and so forth, has been to save it for later in the game. Um, but I, but I'm, I still want to, I still want to take a look at the stats uh, and look at the situation. Uh, most of the stuff that I'm working on. Right now is basically for after the season. Um, Sean and I have been working on a series that uh, he's inspired. Uh, just basically all of the Lakers editors talking about uh, how the how this crazy year has impacted them, the Lakers, and their lives. Um, so we've got a lot of different things that are going on, um, working on working on those things and so forth. Uh, I think the one question I'd have for anybody here is: anybody here changed? their predictions as a result of today's game. And I will bet that nobody really has. No. Which tells you, which tells you where the Lakers are. Uh, and I think LeBron James's biggest anger as he walked off the floor was of his own play. Well, let's hope that's the case and go, he'll go ahead and seek his vengeance out. Upon the Heat in game four coming up on Tuesday, Magic Man, I know you got, like Tom said, you were working on some stuff, but is there anything else that Lakerholics.com fans can expect coming up in the not-too-distant future? Oh, absolutely, Gerald. Um, Just after game two, um, before we went on together, I had a chance to listen to uh, the post-game, and uh, LeBron said something very profound. We're actually the same age. I'm uh, I'm born 11 days earlier than, than him. Uh, but he was saying when he so was you're 25 high- too. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish. Oh, Maybe if I had a million dollars to spend on my body a year, I might. I might. No guarantee. Okay. <laughs> so you're not this human cyborg yet. Okay, I understand. No, but uh, LeBron was saying 
He remembers in high school that uh, Kobe and Shaq were the most dominant duo he ever saw. And I'd have to agree with him. That was my first introduction to a dominant duo. Yeah, I did see Scotty and Michael play, but that was a different that was a different game in a different era. Shaq and Kobe captured our imaginations about what a dominant duo could be. And uh, if through the first two games, I saw it. I, if you squint, you could see Kobe and Shaq 2.0. So I just wanted to uh, write an article inspired by what LeBron had to say and just how much joy we're having, even if we did lose game three, because we're still in the finals. Jamie, I know five not so good things are coming on the way to Lakerholics.com, but before we go ahead and head on out of here, what are, are the, you know, your great- Might be a five, nice variation for Jamie. Five not so good things. Yeah, it's five not so no. great things right now because after a loss, it can't be so great. I mean, they're neither good nor bad. They're just five things, you know? It's just things that I noticed, things that I liked, things that I didn't like. And remember, there's always a great song associated with five things. Something real, <laughs> real, real, real catchy tune. Uh, you know, I, I'm not working on anything specific uh, other than that. I got some stuff for postseason in terms of what I what you know the difference between the regular season pre bubble regular season seating slash seating games in the bubble uh, and the playoffs um, stuff like that. Uh, but really, uh, I'm just excited. Like like Magic Man said, you know, like this is the NBA Finals, and no matter how it's being played or what the circumstances are, this is awesome. This is fun. I'm having a great time every single game. Uh, because it's been so many years since the Lakers have been here, first off. And the fact that it's even happening uh, as the nation goes through whatever it's going through and the world deals with this pandemic is even more incredible. And like that, to me, is the, the, the joy to be had in this moment, is that, you know, despite everything, it's all going down, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, Lakers aren't going to play perfectly every night. Incredibly, the Miami Heat want to win. Like that's there's not. I don't have a problem with that. You know, like I, that's sport. That's comp. <laughs> that's competition. You know, like if if it would kind of suck if you thought like Miami was like, oh, whew, we got here. This is over. We're done. Let's, let's head to Cancun, everybody. It's not like that. You know, these are pros. These are people who spend countless hours a year working on their bodies, working on their game, putting in time. So I just respect the hell out of all these teams that made it this far the league for putting it together. And, uh, you know, it's just been, uh, the NBA is more successful than America at stopping COVID. Like, but that's, that's an amazing thing to think about. Like, <laughs> and a little pathetic if you think about it, considering the resources America has <laughs> its disposal. <laughs> but, you know, for all of that, I'm having a great time. Um, uh, so that's what I'm working on. I'm working on enjoying the rest of these NBA finals, however many games they go for. And, uh, and I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's just so interesting. Go ahead, Rapio. I wanted to add something. I, you know, I, I give Laker time a hard time about having all these uh, articles in the chamber, but I don't think tonight's game was pre-written. <laughs> it, it's just so, to me, it's just so interesting to see Jamie Sweet having a great time when the Lakers lose. And Laker Tom bored to death when they win. <laughs> oh, well, I'm uh, a little more excited now, Jamie. 
I'm glad, dude. Some of, some of your comments on the blog today, I was just like, oh, dude, like it's been ten years, bro. Like, why are you already like, I'm moving on to the off season. This regular, <laughs> I don't know about all this stuff we're watching on the TV. Well, like, hey, listen, I want. I'm glad that I'm glad that he put up some fight, man. Me too. I'm not. I think I'm not, I up, want I Ws. Ws for the Lakers. That's I what I you, want. I do. I do too, but I also I have Joe. I'm also a fan of competition in the spirit of sport. That's all I'm saying. Go ahead, Sean. There's I some... know you wanted to say something. No, I've always, I've always said. Hold on, that, Sean. Uh, Sean wanted to say something. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no. Great, I, I... great, great triumph <laughs> basically require great competitors. It's not Laker <laughs> Tom. It's, it's Laker Sean. Go ahead, Laker Sean. Thanks, Harold. No, I just wanted to say, yeah. We're we're only about I I remember only about six years removed from from cheering on uh, Earl Clark, Ryan <laughs> and Robert Sacre in the front court. I mean we're in the NBA Finals. Like I've been enjoying every second of this. I'm glad you are, my friend. <laughs> but I wasn't enjoying every second today. But before we head on out. Sacre Blue. Yeah. Xavier Henry. Oh my God. I like Xavier Henry. I always felt bad for Xavier Henry. One of, one of my friends, uh, Christian Ainga, how about that name? There you go. He was, oh, he was a throw in the, in the Dwight trade. And uh, <laughs> totally. a, a good friend of mine, and one day I'll tell you about the funny stories he told me about his time with the Lakers. It is hilarious just hearing That's it from his perspective from sitting on the end of the bench and playing with Kobe and, and just hilarious guy, hilarious guy. But yeah. So if you Laker fans, if you remember that name, then you're definitely a diehard Laker fan. I remember Christian saying, I don't, I wonder if he, did he, I'm going to see how much he played that year. None. None. I mean, he told me that, I mean, he probably played a little bit, but I remember telling me that, He's lived at the Marriott right across from the Staples Center. He knew there's no need to get an apartment or anything like that. He just <laughs> oh, <at> yeah. <laughs> That's when you know. That's when you brutal. Know. Bring yeah. him, get him on the podcast, man. <laughs> yeah, he lives in Spain now. He's playing in Spain. Uh, oh, and nice. then I remember the year after that, um, he was in the G League, but the Lakers were still paying him, and so he was still getting, he was still getting a really nice chunk of change, and. Yeah. uh Great, great guy, though. There you go. I have to do that what we can to go hear more great stories from that. I'm going to get you on the show again, Raphael, at some point. All We're right. just going to have a Christian Aiga hour. One game, 19 <laughs> minutes. One game, <laughs> one game, 19 minutes. Yeah, it's probably go. the last game of the season or something like that. I don't know. It doesn't say on basketballreference.com, but it just says, I mean, I, I could dig into it, but. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear those stories from you, my friend. But before we head on out, you got to go ahead and get everybody an update on what you're planning this week. I know it's the same every day. Every day is the same. Every day is the same. Yeah. uh, Seven seven every days. What are you doing this week? Well, this week I wanted, well, last week I should say I wanted to put out um, five to seven guys that I think could be second round prospects that are international players that can be drafted and stashed. Um, I have one I just need to do the voiceover for, and then I already have um, who, I, who will be the fourth. So I extended to this week. So the next, the next week would just be focused on um, international prospects that, like I said, could be drafting stash guys, second round draft picks, if they decide to come over. Because it's such a weird time because quite a few players in Europe have already just went ahead and started their season, so they're playing right now. Um, who wants to but, come uh, to America, man? 
Well, I mean, there's some guys that are here, but you know, I mean, it's kind of yeah. tough because if they're saying the season starts in January, then it's almost like you're going what almost nine months without playing. So, might as well go play, start your season, collect a check, and then it's just I'm just curious to see how it turns out if a guy is drafted and the season starts in January, if the team is going to expect him to come over and play. If his current team is going to let him out of his contract, so that's going to be really tricky. A lot of tricky things that come of it. And once again, you got to check out all that he's doing today. NBA Draft Junkies, check out his NBA Draft Junkies podcast, Run the Floor podcast, and of course everything that he's an NBA Draft Junkie. For myself, I'm dropping another Pop Culture Cosmos on Monday. That's going worldwide on radio and everywhere you hear your podcast, where we have. Myself and my co-host Josh Peterson, we're dropping our fall gaming preview. So you want to check out that. Plus, these headsets right now I've got on. This headset is the ELO 7.1 USB headset by Rocket, R-O-C-C-A-T. It is now available as of sale today as we're recording this. So if you want to go ahead and check it out, it is $69.99 for the corded version that I'm wearing. They also have a wireless version at $99.99, so you can check it out today. Amazon's. Uh, Best Buy, Amazon, Target, doesn't matter where you get it. You can go ahead and get look for it. It's Rocket, R-O-C-C-A-T, 7.1 ELO USB. And I actually made a review of it at popculturecosmos.com. My friends, my synergy back. It's going to be all right, General. Child. It's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Lakers in five. Breathing deep, breathing deep, yoga exercises. I got to go back to my, where's my Phil Jackson book? Where's the art of Zen? Where is it? Where is it? No, I gotta find sacred, it. Sacred hoops, baby. Sacred hoops. I gotta gotta do something about that because you know my blood pressure is gonna get like Laker Tom's here, and I might need to go ahead and check it out every hour, like okay, you know. but I will say this: it is something that we're gonna have to see because now it's a series. It is no longer gonna be a sweep. Could it be like Laker Tom's five-game prediction, or could it be something more? We're going to go ahead and find out coming up starting on Tuesday. All, all, all six there for Magic Man. I said six. Jamie said six. Raphael said seven. Yeah, before. <laughs> everybody got banged up. Yeah, absolutely. And Sean said six. Laker Thompson still says five. But we'll check it out. We'll see. Hopefully, Laker Tom is going to be right. But we'll see what happens this week when it comes to the NBA Finals. And we're going to be here for every day that the finals takes place. So you will see our next episode either on Facebook Live or catch it wherever podcasts are found coming up on Tuesday after the game right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.